the trees are gone, poisoning is dawn, blackened skies, don't open eyes, we haven't got too long. Hello everyone, I am Matthew Thomas with Super Cool Radio, and this is the first interview for Season 2 for 2021, and I got some perfect guests with me at this time. Please welcome Workhorse. Hey! Makeup Workhorse, this is the original lineup. We have Matt on vocals, Jeff on guitar, and Jay on bass. How you doing, man? Thank you so much for hanging out with me, guys. Yeah. So I want to start with a very fun question. I'm very curious for you guys. If you had to pick one album that everyone should listen to in their lifetime, what album would you pick? Caius, Return to Sky Valley. That was, yeah. That's it. Dang it. Oh, man. No pressure. No way. I got mine out of the way. Uh, how uh, putting you guys on the spot here with the Jimi Hendrix one. Band of Gypsies? Oh, all right, that's a good one. I don't want to go up all, all obscure and weird. <laughs> I guess sticking with the the theme, I guess. I guess it you got to hear uh, Super Judge by Monster Magnet. Ooh, okay. there you go. Ooh. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah. I, I <laughs> Monster Magnet, I think they're pretty underrated, honestly, for yeah, like, because I always started listening to them like a few years ago, so. Really? Not yeah. Really? <laughs> really. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think I started, when were you born? Me? Yeah. 97. I was listening to them three years before you were born. Yeah. We were yeah. covering their songs before you were born. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we only had a few <laughs> few uh, originals, and we went, had to play a gig. So I think we played two Monster Magnet songs mm. in, like, 95, maybe. 94, 95. Which one did you go with to cover? Nod Scene, and was there another one? Maybe it was only one. There was two Clutch songs and a Monster Magnet song and, like, two Grunge Truck songs or something like that. Yeah. And a Soundgarden. Right. And Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. I think we only had one original, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the first week we got together, though. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Nod Scene by Monster Magnet. That was the one that we thought we could pull off live. And here's the whole set list. We have one original. Yeah. <laughs> that song's like 10 minutes long or something. Plus, yeah. nobody, knew, nobody knew any of the, those songs, so they just thought it was us. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah, these guys wrote a lot of cool songs. That's actually very clever. Yeah. It is. That's very clever. Yeah. It's like Metallica playing old... Uh, like budgie songs and shit. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. All we needed was just one spinny light behind us with some fog, and it was right. all over, man. Perfect setup. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, for me, I'm going to go Iggy and the Stooges Raw Power. Oh, yeah. That is the album. Of course. Respect. So, oh, you have to, especially, I mean, I mean, I enjoy, really enjoy Iggy Pop, but just that Raw Power album, it's just, yeah. it's Raw Power. It is. <laughs> it sums it up perfectly. But I want to talk about, obviously, we're talking about with Workhorse, and this is the original lineup. So like, how did you guys come together to form Workhorse? Well, we were all dating the same 
girls from the same family for a long time, married them all, so we're still around each other. <laughs> <laughs> the brothers. Brothers How did it happen originally? Yeah, yeah back in the 90s, yes. And I think it was Jay found, didn't you see, I was playing it in a band in yeah, a park I, or something. I caught Jeff playing down in a park in Mount Pleasant, uh, Michigan with, another, with a band, and I was floored when I saw him play, and the drummer I was playing with at the time, we were like, wow, we got to like meet this guy. <laughs> and I think we found out he worked at a music store in uh, Alma, and we showed up one day like with a demo tape saying, hey, buddy, you know, check this out and come jam with us someday. He couldn't have been more than like 17 or 18. Yeah, though. he was still in high school. I was at 17, the time. yeah. yeah. Back we, in 19. We took, him, we took him to the bar, hung out at the bar. Corrupted him a little years. bit, and, you know, the rest <laughs> was history. Though. But then, uh, so Jay and I started playing together with. A few, you know, a different drummer and a different singer, and things weren't didn't really work out. We met Joe, who's not here, and we were playing with Joe. And uh, when the other singer didn't quite work out, Joe was Matt was living with Joe at the time, and this would have been like nine early ninety four, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Matt came over, and we really, I think, we just came over to. Just to hang out. Just to it. hang out. And we knew some of the songs. I knew some words to some songs. If I remember right, I think Heath, a few other people knew songs and we just kind of messed around on the mic. And I think the next week, Joe goes, You should probably, you should sing with us. I'm like, I wasn't doing that. We were just hanging out on a Sunday, smoking a little ganja and drinking and hanging out in their basement while they're rehearsing. Next thing you know, we're a band. So. That was cool. that was in the good old days when it was pretty organic though you know you yeah. just Sundays you you made you made jam time and you rehearsed and just yeah. played and had fun and yeah. friends came over we were yeah. getting together a couple times a week and we were all tight and right in the same location so we you know things went fast it's like once we got together it seems like songs were rolling quick and, yeah. and the we crowd were, started picking up quick yeah and we were productive and you know, when, when you can get together four guys at least twice or more a week just to practice, and then you're playing a gig or so a week as well, you get tight, you know. And it was a cool music scene where we were at, we were at Central Michigan University. Yeah. And there was a really cool scene. There was a lot of good, like a lot yeah. of good musicians. But everybody was doing something totally different. There was a band called Botfly that was kind of weird, funky, but like kind of corn or something. It was weird. And then Knee Deep Shag was a full-on funk. And... There was just like, uh, what was a Bent Lucy? There was just weird stoner stuff, all kinds of crazy stuff. No two bands alike. And then we came out with what we were doing. Which but was, a lot of those bands were coming up from Detroit or Grand Rapids and yeah. Lansing and playing Rubbles, which is the bar we frequented a lot. So it yeah. was kind of a hub in the middle of the state where from, a lot of bands came up from the bigger cities. And a really we, eclectic yeah. kind of scene. You know? yeah. I mean, it was like... You know, I mean, Seattle was doing what that was, what was there, but what was happening in Mount Pleasant was a very much like that. It was like no two bands sounded alike, and everybody was digging each other. And yeah. we'd have shows with other original bands, and they didn't all have to sound like the same band. Not at all. Yeah. You know, we'd have a funky band play, and then we'd come out in a heavy band, and they didn't all have to be exactly the same genres. Just as long as they were good and they were cool, everyone seemed like appreciated just yeah, good music. It was a good you time, know? man. Seems like you don't see as much of that right now. It seems like if they have a local show, it's it's like all three bands or so sound pretty similar. 
I, yeah, I, ha I have noticed that. Like, um, I was I was watching a documentary about like you know I know you're not ska music, but I was watching a documentary on ska music, and they were yeah. saying like you would have a punk show, but you would have a ska band open the punk show. Right. So like you know right. different you know as you said like different genres coming together to have a show. It was weird. No matter how heavy or not heavy they were, there was this real hippie vibe that was going on in Mount Pleasant. It was just like everybody yeah. kind of came together in a real commune kind of way and. And it allowed you to, and everybody was proud of being unique. So that was yeah. way different than what's now. I mean, you, the way you go at it now is you try to be like somebody else because it's happened a thousand times and, and it works, right? Back then, if you sounded like somebody else, you were an outcast. You, that's not what you wanted to do. You wanted to sound, you, you struggled to be unique back then. And that was what was cool about it. I didn't it. struggle. No, you were definitely, <laughs> we didn't either. Yeah. What's kind of the music scene up in Ple Mount Pleasant right now, 2021? No idea, man. Oh, really? We, I mean, we played a show last year about this time, right before COVID hit. And uh, I'm like, well, let's just do it, man. You know, at this point, there's no, we don't need anything anymore. You know, just let's just do it for the fun of it. And we did. And, and just the place was jammed, you know, blew the roof off the place. So you don't know after 20, 25 years if, you can still have that kind of impact. And it was like, it was a madhouse, man. It was cool. But that's what Rubbles was. I mean, it was, it didn't matter. We, I remember going to see a Kiss tribute band in there and the place was just a madhouse, like pyrotechnics and they caught the ceiling tiles on fire. Just like, that's what the place was, man. It was just, it was like somebody's crazy basement every time somebody played. Crowd I mean, surfing, kicking out ceiling yeah. tiles and shit. But those, those, in those <laughs> days too, the big night was Thursday night. Yeah. And, it was like an original night and usually weekends were cover bands, but Thursday night was the big night where the, the younger crowd wanted to come out, which yeah. is really, really cool. And yeah, you'd have three bands, you'd play till two o'clock in the morning and nobody wanted to leave. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. No ceiling tiles left in the place. I mean, they're on the, right. I mean, just destroy the place, man. It was awesome. Well, if there's ceiling tiles in the venue, then you're not doing something right then. Mm. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, but um, how did you come up and develop the name Workhorse? Like, how did that come to be? Uh, man, Jay, do you remember you? It was, was on a, a, it was on the. It was on that book or something, Joe. Well, on. yeah, but it was also it was a a paper towel. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think that was oh, wow. the original. For what? Yeah, yeah, that's. It was on a paper yeah. towel paper box. Paper. It was called Workhorse Paper yeah. Towels. Yeah. And I think we actually even stole the logo off the paper towel box and printed it. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually did. Yeah, we used. Yeah, it was. It like was, yeah. before, there was any... heavy duty shop rags. They were made at this and uh, by Kimberly Clark. That made, yeah, and then holy right. crap! And that's where we got the name. It was funny. When you made the logo straight by it, using right. scissors and taping things to paper and. <laughs> Find but a they, picture but, of Superman and then tape a mushroom on his chest and put workhorse yeah. across the top. And, I think back you know. in those days, like that, just I think you brought it up and somebody did, and it just felt the name felt just right yeah. for the way we sounded at the time. And I do remember, I remember Joe reading the Electric Kool Aid Acid Test. It was a book at the time, and there was a passage in that book about working hard and feeling good and workhorse and intercourse. That so. He, he identified with that. He's like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like, the electric Kool-Aid acid test was, like, the ultimate stoner book for, like, the culture at the time. And he was reading it, and it it, it jived with him, too. So I remember him, like, like seconding the motion. Like, yeah, I just read this in this book, man. And that was cool. So, Well, I don't think you got any cease and desist letters from the workhorse paper no, talk. No, no. <laughs> 
No. They were cool. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, I've never heard that brand, so I don't even know. But is that still around? Is that still a thing? Oh, I think that might have been like an industrial yeah. thing. They were made know? by Kimberly Clark, which they've got a, a they've got company. a factory up in like Marquette, Michigan, or not Marquette, but Munising. There used to be a paper yeah. factory up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's not something you buy at Costco. Yeah, you know, something you buy at the yeah. store. <laughs> yeah, I got you guys. But so this the workhorse I'm telling you. This is the original lineup, correct? Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, so you guys, when did you guys get back together as the original lineup? I, uh, I can't even think. It was well, it was the, the summer before, the fall before COVID hit. So that would have been what? Uh, 2019. Uh, yeah. 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 19. We, I think we all talked yeah. about, we were at our, because we all married sisters, the three of, the us, three of us, we were at our nephew's wedding and um, it's kind of was in the air for a minute. And I think it was Jay finally said, why don't we just set a date and get together? And, and I think it was because of the 25th anniversary coming yeah, it was, up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, well, you know what? Maybe we should put it, try it again, man. Let's I mean, because we, the three of us have seen, of course we see each other. I've seen Matt more because we did other the projects after, but we all see each other at holidays and different things. And it's, it was always, I think we always in the back of our heads thought about it. Cause it was really fun back in that. And, uh, Joe, the drummer moved back to Michigan right. from Colorado. And then that's, I think that's when it really caught fire is cause he was, he kind of pushed it to do it as well. He and, did. Yeah. And we just kind of said, let's set a date. And we all have to be there and see how it feels. And we did, and we got together at my house, my old house in our studio, and we literally, like, I think ran through that whole record oh, top yeah. to bottom with not even stopping because everybody prepared. Like we and, just played it last week. It was weird. Yeah, <laughs> and it was fun. It was a lot of yeah. fun. And then we we're like, yeah, I guess we should do a show for sure. Right. I've always been fairly confident, but going into that first rehearsal, because that's a totally different yeah. monster to sing that stuff. And the way we used to go at it, I mean, it was like, as soon as the first drum hit, hit, I'm in the crowd, man. I'm gone, you know. Like, and I'm like, for us to do this right, we got to do it, maybe like that, you know. I'm like, God, I'm gonna have a heart attack. This could be the end of me if I do this. Thing. <laughs> and we got through that first, played the whole album, like I think front to back, really. Right. We just knew what was, you know, the next song, and it was just like, like riding a bike, man. It was like no problem. So there was some genetics there or something that my voice was supposed to be able to sing like that pretty easily because it's hot, it's heavy stuff and a lot of muscle could, movement and chemistry. Yeah, know? man. <laughs> Coming back together. I was, I was personally worried about it. I was worried about Joe, our drummer, for the cardio part of it because, you know, I mean, at 25 years later, you're not the same well, Joe's rubber been, person you were when you were, you know, in 95 when you could just. And he's been snow. doing like major. He, got into he was like an arbor he was doing major chainsaw stuff using his hands and he has some carpal, carpal tunnel. tunnel issues and he was really worried about being able to do that and he was pretty timid originally but then he worked it out he just yeah. you know yeah. he said he felt fine so yeah. and since you guys you know got back together in 2019 how's it feel talking to you guys 2021 about being together like we're ready to record another song we yeah have guitars and drums Everything's been weirdly remote. I, I, the way things kind of came about was, I think Joe was the first one to say, we should do some new songs. And we're all like, well, hold on a second. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Let's just see if we can play two songs, songs back yeah. to back. But then when it was fun, 
we had some ideas kicking around and we, we did them very remotely, Joe, you know, like in a nutshell, it worked out. So we've got another song kind of, you know, maybe like 40% ready to go. And maybe there'll be more after that. I don't know. It was just in it, it I, working with Matt for so long. Like I just know where his vocals are going to go and things. It just, it just seems like it was making sense that that was going to happen. Yeah, it's pretty easy to get it done. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, sorry, going back to what you're talking about with the live show and about being at least, you know, in shape or thinking you at least get through the songs. Like, yeah. you know, obviously health plays a you know factor, especially doing a live show or just studio recordings too. Yeah. Right. Right. So I mean, and my fingers but, didn't fall off. So that was good. <laughs> yeah. I, I had, a, I looked over to the side stage at a few people, halfway through that set i'm like oh my god this is gonna kill me man it was you know <laughs> my heart was like 180 beats per minute type shit and how did it feel like at that first show when you guys like first did your live show back together like was like where, where did you play it was like what we didn't even play? skip a beat man it felt like just time warp. we played at rubbles we played wait, 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 oh, okay. yeah. we went back to the scene of the crime man yeah where it all started we went back there and yeah. It was an amazing show. It was and great. the place hasn't changed a bit. I mean, even the same the same lights that, like everything is exactly where it was, back in '96. You know, <laughs> we're still doing it. Pulled all the chairs out of the place. Pulled all the tables out. You know, like we needed. You don't want them to get broke. You might want to put them in the alley, man. And uh, did it. Moved our lights around so it looked all cool. And I, I've never been there, so like how big of a uh, venue is that? About this size right here. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, it's tiny. It's like, a, I think the, the uh, capacity is like 125 or something, 119 or something crazy. It sounds right. And I yeah. mean, it's like, it's way, way over capacity every time you play the place. Like, like wow. way they over. They used to push like 250 or 250, something. 250, like 300. You know, because you stack them double all high. You all know, the chairs like, and tables out. Yeah, it's right. crazy. It's crazy, man. People down the down that sidewalk around the alley. People out in the alley. Back doors open. Like it's not, cool. Not big, but fun. Fun enough yeah. at that size for sure. Yeah, it's it's pretty magical, man. Yeah, it's been, like, I I haven't been to like a venue like that super small. I've been to some small ones, but nothing like yeah. that super small. Especially like packing it too. Like it's oh, probably yeah. insane. This place is leg pretty legendary. I mean, you had like Black Flag and bands like that playing there back in the day, you know, touring and just same thing, just ripping the place apart, man. So it's it's a it's a cool vibe. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just those smaller venues, there's always something about them. Yeah. But you guys are talking about new music. I know you uh what December, uh you released the Blazer, the yep. you know, the newest single. How was it writing and recording that the the new single? Kind of unorthodox, I would say. <laughs> Different than we had before, that's for sure. How so? Yeah, well, back back in the day, and I, I guess that's what I say back in the good old days, everybody had time to, we would just get together and you'd spend a whole Sunday and you'd just eat jam. some food and you'd jam and you'd come up with ideas and we wouldn't even record them. you just have to remember them. Right. <laughs> and then, like, do it the next time, you know? And I remember talking to Jeff way back He's like, I don't even know what the song's about. Like months into playing, a, even playing it live, doesn't know what the lyrics are. Has no idea because you weren't. We weren't recording it. We we're just like, here's the song. You got your part. You got. I wrote my vocals, 
and uh, yeah, years I can't later, hear what he's saying, you know, I have to. I hear the melody, but I can't hear the exact parts. Yeah. And you're just and it's loud of... as hell, so you have no idea what's going on. He probably didn't know what some of the songs were about till years later <laughs> after we recorded them. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But so in, in those days, like the the first record we did as the four of us, which we only did one, that was we wrote all those things together, jamming. We rehearsed them, went into the studio for two yeah, or three yeah. days and just played them live all together yeah and then recorded it you know <clears throat> and that's how those things were done back in 95. never and, never sat down and analyzed a part never really said hey maybe you know, there might have been a time we you know worked something out but barely you know barely, just till yeah. it you just did it till it till it worked out you just said this is the song and that was the song and then you if you were going to come up with another idea, it was another song. It wasn't like you right, yeah. changed that song. You're like, yeah, that one's already done, man. And, and now it's, I guess, because we're older and everybody's got stuff going on, it's the process is different. I write a lot of music, so I have a lot of ideas. And I sprung a few on these guys. I'm like, well, I got this riff and this drum beat and this vocal. What do you think about this? And it, the Blazer was one of them, and they were like, man, I'm. I really yeah. like that. And I'm like, like, I can totally yeah. hear Myron singing this. And and uh, they all were into it. So it was a weird process because we never have played that song <laughs> together yet. We still haven't yet. played it live, we, uh, which is way different than what it used to be. I yeah. mean, we only we played it created together. Yeah. And now this one was kind of created and then recorded It's almost separately. like it was like an idea created knowing it felt like the way shit used to. But it was, yeah. And then we just, and then, so I had kind of the basic of it. Uh, Jay and Matt came over. Jay did a bass track. Myron did his vocal. Joe sent me a drum track remotely, which I mixed and just put it all together, and it turned out pretty good. It sounded you know, like workhorse. It felt like, yeah, it just it, it worked out. Which it'll probably be similar to the process we'll do on the next tune we're working on right now. But um, which we thought we should have just recorded tonight since we're here. <laughs> yeah, we should, right, we could have done, yeah. done, done vocals and bass with this. You know, you could have sang some backups for us. Hey, I would totally be in to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gang vocals. <laughs> hey, I, I love being on a track. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never sung before, but I'm sure I got it. Join the club, man. <laughs> I started too. Yeah. So, I really enjoyed the Blazer. Jeremiah was actually telling me about it. He's like, hey, you should really check out this new single. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I really like it was kind of like, you know, spoken at the beginning of it. And I thought that was really cool. It was very intriguing to me. Right on. And it just I it's a really great hard rock and jam, in my well, opinion. To give you an idea, like that part of the track, that spoken thing, I told my I called Myron and said, just send me some cool shit. Like just send me a voice memo. And so that first part of the song is him sending me a voice memo. And I'm off I, my iPhone and just uh, texting it to yeah, him. Yeah, so that, that's he what dumped it in. So, so that whole first part of the song and the parts in the in, in the, the middle, middle yeah. bridge, yeah. that's that's him just speaking into his phone and sending it to it me. Was, it was a, another set of lyrics for maybe another verse that could have happened or whatever, and and uh, he wanted something kind of unique for that part. So I sent it to him as a voice as a voice memo, thinking, "Well, what do you think of this?" And he's like, "I already put it in, man." Like. It was already, he put it in the song as that voice memo. I'm like, whoa, right on. <laughs> it came out cool. So we never even tracked it. That's really cool, though, how you can use, like, different forms of media to right. add to the song. Like, I mean, to me, it, it, made, it made it stand out, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I, I, we've always dug that. I mean, you look, listen to the, the first Workhorse album. There's 
if you put a set of headphones on, you can hear stuff like that in the background. There's different spoken word stuff with echoes, you know, in the solo sections. And that's always been something we have enjoyed doing. So, And as a listener, I really, I really enjoy hearing that stuff. Just the, it, yeah, yeah. as you were saying, doesn't sound like everybody else. Right. 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 And you guys were talking about, you know, this, you recorded this a different way than what you guys did back then. But like, how else is like, if you guys, in your opinion, uh, the music industry has changed in the last, you know, 20 plus years? Well, the copycat thing, for sure. We already touched on that. I mean, yeah. it's just, it, it really was striving to be unique back then. I mean, that was, that was the number one thing. It wasn't even, you're trying to write the greatest song in the world. You were trying to not be like somebody else. That was your main goal. You wanted to be odd. You wanted to be different. You know, and, and that went for like, you know, bands like Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and Monster Magnet and whoever, Rage Against the Machine, whoever they were doing there, there was nobody else that sounded like Alice in Chains. Nobody sounded like Rage. They just, that was their thing. And and the reason was because nobody else, you were trying to do your own thing. I mean, you weren't trying to sound like Rage Against the Machine. You were trying to sound like you, man. Now that's that's just completely gone out the window. Everybody's trying to sound like somebody in the industry that made it and it sells some downloads or whatever, you know. I mean, it started with sales of, you know, whatever. I think it's 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 a lot of that. And also, I was just driving down here realizing how many, how everybody's good now. Like, there's no, like, distinction. I mean, there's a million good. I was just telling Jay, like, I as a broad spectrum, I like Stoner Rock. So if I go on Spotify, listen to Stoner Rock, I'm like, that's good. You you go through a hundred bands, you're like, man, those are all really good. Yeah. And you realize like none of them are sticking out, but they're all really good. They right. all kind of sound like Caius in in sleep. But yeah, I just listen to no, very few every once in a while one sticks out and you gotta like make note of it and stuff. But I think it's just like record everybody can record now and and with the internet, everybody knows everybody's riffs and every like that back in the early nineties, you didn't have that luxury. You kind of had to figure your own shit out or you learned it wrong and created something new. Right. And not only can everybody record now, everybody can sound amazing. Like even just sort of okay guitar player, okay drummer, you, you fix it all, right? You don't have to sing. You had to be, you had to be great to be recording (laughs) anything back then. Otherwise you knew it. You couldn't fix it. You weren't fixing to be auto tuning vocals. You weren't, yeah. You weren't doing a million overdubs because it cost a million dollars. You you had to do it right. So you had to be really good to be recording. Um, not so anymore. I mean, I'm a not a good guitar player or drummer at all. I could probably go record a pretty good album if I had Jeff engineering it for me. Like I could cut a riff. I could probably play some goofy drum beat and he could make it sound like a million bucks. And, and depending I, on know, the genre too, you know, I, maybe you don't see that as much in bands that are staying kind of true to, to form and they're rolling with shit and doing a good job. But even when they are doing that, there's a million of them, you know? Yeah, so I, right. it's hard to, it's hard to say there isn't good and bad because there's just so much good stuff, whether it's unique or not, I guess that's the key, but you, it's not like you're reinventing the wheel at this point. There's, there's only yeah. so many rock chords and so many rock drums and everybody kind of wants to make it sound like that, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I I get what you're saying, and especially as you said, there's a lot of good bands, but there's not that many that like stick in your head or like unique or have that kind of charisma or whatever you know about them. That it's 
it all sounds good. Which I mean, it all sounds right. solid right. because right. of the technology or whatever they're using. Like when you say like a bail, like like raw power, like that that Stooges record, like that. I think would have stood out if there had been a, if there's a raw power that came out now. I don't know. Like it, it might stick out. It might not. Or people might. What what's going to make you stick out? I don't know. You can't shock anybody anymore. So, right. I don't know what the new shock is to make people notice. Well, and back, and back then too, an album came out. It was maybe the only album that came out that week, right? right. Yeah. There's nine thousand albums coming out or saw maybe it's not so cool. much yeah. like COVID mess, but. You know, I mean, up till now, I mean, it was just like it just flooded constantly with new stuff every minute. You're like, I can't even catch on to anything. I'm just gonna go back to Caius, you know. <laughs> but everybody's got their favorites, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think bands like Baroness are really keep reaching, mm -hmm. and I like that. And there's a band called All Them Witches. There's always like, there's definitely bands that are pushing stuff farther. I think a little bit, even if they're staying kind of in certain genres, but. That's what keeps me seeing, I, saying, I guess, you know, is finding a few of those. And then you get stuck on them for like a year and you're like, God, thank God they're good. I like this. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think everyone kind of goes to like their go-to music. But yeah. I mean, with all the stuff coming out, as you said, there's a bunch of albums always coming out. There's a bunch of singles always coming. I think singles, like you hear like every week someone dropped a new single or like someone yeah. else, you know, dropped a new single. And that's kind of where like I think the industry is going, especially with like Spotify saying, Right. that we're really going to push singles that albums don't really happen that yeah, often yeah or you know whatever i think the ceo was talking about that that he was really pushing singles instead of albums <laughs> i really enjoy albums so like, i kind of i agree i think have we were had the luxury of having more time together we would put out a record a whole album it wouldn't be a song here or there i think it's just our time together and this is our best way to utilize it is putting a song out. talking to you instead of recording an album man. <laughs> <laughs> i'd love to be part of it now yeah. <laughs> all right so you know obviously we're talking about a lot of different music right now and this kind of just segues perfectly in what i was about to talk about and i'm curious just for you guys since the bands you've been talking about what music have you listened to this week um that's funny i just listened to sleep today that you i probably haven't listened to sleep in ages and uh that drag knot song came out i'm like here we go spotify let's listen to sleep for like two hours so i yeah that's good you know that one's great um and then over the last maybe it was a within the last couple weeks um i don't know if you caught on to the the song that the singer from Clutch recorded with the twelve-year-old kid and his dad. Oh, that yeah. They wrote like a. a it's, it's a dad homeschool. Homeschool, homeschool yeah. yeah. So uh, Neil Fallon from Clutch, he he got an email from a dad that, oh my son's twelve and he writes Clutch riffs and we cover a bunch of Clutch songs. So he heard them. He's like, oh, that's awesome. Would you record vocals for one of our cover songs, right? And uh, they said, well, maybe we have an actual Clutch kind of original song so they sent it to neil and he wrote vocals and recorded it and sent it back to him and it's brilliant man i mean it's like the coolest shit i've heard yeah. from clutch in years this 12 year old kid plays like guitar and bass on it and his dad plays the drums yeah. and then there's neil playing on the vocal do track. do some homework tonight man you'll, you'll trip <laughs> i'm gonna have to check that i like yeah. Clutch. like yeah yeah so and the kids just tearing i mean you you listen to the song like that's a badass riff man like and, and of course neil's interview is like 
what did I get myself into, man? I shouldn't, you know, this could be a disaster. And it was great. It was sounds like, you know, something way early clutch that this kid wrote and he wrote vocals for it about homeschooling and, you know, all the crap going on right now. So it was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What'd you listen to this week, Jay? Uh, I like Jeff saying most of my favorite stuff is stoner rock bands, but I've listened to a lot of different things. So like this week, uh, I listened to Rory Gallagher, Rolling Stones, Gaius, Queens of Stone Age, Quite a slew. Yeah, from the distance, like probably the last two days. <laughs> I've been trying to push things. Like I got it. Like John Brandon, for, for, uh, who was singer of. Uh, negative approach he was in laughing singer laughing hyenas so i got back into like laughing hyenas this week and some weird like jesus lizard and unwound and like i like that kind I of like all the witches that you mentioned yeah those guys are cool well, we just went through a whole jack white barrage before we logged out with you with you know dead um, weather dead weather all that yeah. stuff just it- Jack White, he's really good. Like, yeah, he's badass. He's good. He's so, okay. Yeah. yeah, he's okay. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Maybe just a little bit. Yeah, he's, he's all right. But yeah. But this week I'm listening to obviously Iggy uh, Iggy and the Stooges, Raw Power. I actually listened to. I really enjoyed his post pop depression album. That was yeah, that record's great. Yeah. 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 Well, that was with Queens uh, with uh, Josh of uh, Queens of Stone Age. Like half of Queens of the Stone Age and yeah. Iggy, and yeah. It, it, that sound they created was just mm-hmm. I mean that just that whole vibe I just can't really describe it but that is a really good album yeah it is it's very it's a total like it's like a scene and time kind of record you know which is total Iggy totally. like yeah. <laughs> yes it is like the passenger you know like that whole era of shit like that's what it makes me think of you know he's a trip man Oh yeah, for sure. I haven't, I haven't, I really want to see him live. I don't know if I ever get that chance, but I yeah, really want to hang out with him in Italy for a weekend. So before Ron Ashton passed away, it was yeah, cool. it was wild. Yeah, it was our other band, but we'll, that's another story. Yeah. But we got to meet, got to meet him, and it yeah. was he's every bit of a trip, man, that you can imagine. So yeah, I bet, I bet, and um, for anyone, uh, I'm gonna jump back to the blazer real quick. For anyone who hasn't listened to Blazer yet, what can they expect? Old 90s stone and rock, man, for sure. That's That was what we were shooting for, you know? I mean, I think, like, Monster Bagging has always been a hero of ours. Like, it, yeah. that's what it invokes to me. It feels like kind of maybe something off, like, Dopes to Infinity or something yeah. like a... Super Judge, that era. Yeah, you know, like, that kind of... Spoken. Yeah, a little bit of weirdness, but kind of a good pop like structure like it feels like it doesn't feel hard to follow you know it it not not in a bad way but it's like just feels like it moves and yeah what we loved listening to when we had a good buzz you know that's exactly what it was right it's uh if to me it just seems like something you want to turn up loud and show your buddies kind of thing (laughs) yeah yeah, I agree with that. I definitely yeah. agree with that. If anyone hasn't listened to Blazer, I highly recommend you guys do that because it's just killer. It's just a killer song. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Thank you. And, you know, thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. I'm here with Workhorse, the original lineup, hanging out, chatting with them. <laughs> I got one more thing before we go, though. What can we expect from Workhorse for the, you know, it's a brand new year, 2021. What can we expect? I built a bar in my yard. I can imagine we're going to play there live this summer. 
<laughs> if things aren't opening up, we're having nothing's open. I, I, I shit you not. I'm sitting here trying to figure out. I've got this the, the patio. I've got this deck against the house. I'm like, yes. it's a stage. We had mobs of people hanging out at our house. You're right. definitely invited. Yeah, that man. Happens, so. Live. Workhorse Fest Live. on the river. The neighbors are cool. <laughs> We're on the Muskegon River. It's just. I'm in. Yeah, it's like a campground, man. I think that is a good chance that's going to happen. Pretty good chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll check can... with my wife, but I don't think she has a whole lot of say in it. But <laughs> it'll just sort of happen. It's like, you didn't tell me there was 80 people sitting in the back patio, but whatever. <laughs> they won't be sitting. No. They're, they're just don't, you know, just don't, you know, just leave the house for today. Uh, I got some stuff to work on. Yeah. <laughs> my, <laughs> my people will call your people. We'll have a barbecue. Yeah. That's, you know, with, with, until the, everybody's kind of figuring out this COVID thing, like I nothing's gonna happen. I went through a period where I didn't care much about. I loved playing, but like I was a little burnout. But now, of course, because I can't play out, I'm like dying to right. Yeah, just stand up and oh, put man. a guitar across my shoulders. You know, really? I don't even have to do that right now. It's like really loud. Yeah, just something yeah. like something not in front of a computer screen writing. You know, I want to do something a little more. Uh, in the moment, you know, so I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully that's yeah. what, where we're heading. I know? got the spot, man, for sure. Yeah, was we like, got we, it all dialed in. The bar is still stocked. We, we yeah. played the reunion show and a month later I was laying tracks for the blazer and, yeah. and then COVID shutting everything down. It kind of shut down plans of us playing anymore for the year. And it's kind of a bummer. So we're hoping things to open up, like you said, or not. Who cares? We got a bar in our yard. <laughs> Like a real bar. Now, I've also heard rumors, and if you want to confirm that you guys are working on vinyl with the second song. I would, yeah, that's my that's my personal, whatever it costs. I don't care how we, if we recoup it. I don't. I something I've wanted forever, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna get vinyl done somehow, some way. But, it would be fun to have yeah, something yeah. on vinyl. I want I'm like sure. the yellow plastic. You know, I want, I don't want black <laughs> vinyl. I'm, Yellow or orange or red. Splatter. I want the double jacket. You know, crow cool artwork. Splatter. That's dope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen the clear vinyl? Those look yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Yellow. Yellow has always been the one that I'm like, that'd be cool. Clear yellow. Yeah. You haven't made in the music world unless you get your stuff on vinyl. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a proven fact. <laughs> we, you and I discussed this, right? Yeah, but, right. But, uh, have you made it yet? I'm like, no, nope, haven't made it till I have vinyl. So, right? <laughs> played some big shows, done all kind, you know, signed record deals, all that. I still haven't made it, man. Not till I have vinyl. Jeremiah, he'll help us. We've made cassette. We did make a <laughs> lot of cassettes. <laughs> That's funny. Eight track. Yeah. We're halfway to vinyl, man. We got we, it's a backwards. Track. Yeah, we made cassettes. We had an EP yes, cassette we, before yeah. we were in midway recording dopamine. Yeah, it, we used to make like, our uh, unmastered demo. <laughs> we used to stick all kinds of bullshit in there. We'd like sign dollar bills and put them in there. And I'm sure I've talked to people over the years like, dude, I got a cassette from you like in '95 that had a dollar bill with like a pot leaf drawn on it, yeah. and like you know, George Washington had glasses. And yeah. <laughs> Marketing geniuses, man. If anyone wants tips on marketing, talk to these guys right here. I got ideas. Man. You got to be in 1995 for them to work. But I got ideas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, or we'll bring 1995. We'll, we'll fax you these yeah. ideas. When we send you vinyl, it's going to have a dollar bill in it. I'm going to draw a yeah. big pot leaf on it. Yeah. It's yours. 
personally. Well, I'm looking forward to that, and it's right. going to get me hooked on war, Workhorse. I got a dollar bill with a pot leaf on it. Yes. <laughs> I got you, man. Now, do you guys have anything on 8-Track? Yes, Ooh. I do. I have one of our albums on 8-Track. That is kind of funny. I do. It's not and a it's a working. Right? It's a working. After Workhorse, we went on and did Dirty Americans, and I have a, an eight track of that. So maybe we have to do an eight track of Workhorse. Today. <laughs> you I, I know a guy who know, he did it for us. My dad's oh, got eight track players. That is so yeah. <laughs> Jeremiah's here, and he just told it. I forgot. He just told me he's got a working re, like thing he can transfer stuff to eight track. Hey, so yes. right. We're going backwards, man. Whatever media source you need. We're going to make it sound as yeah. shitty as possible. <laughs> it'll, cl it'll click the, the second track in the middle of a song. It'll right? It'll be right in the middle. Chunk, chunk. I used to have the Statler Brothers. The place. Chunk, chunk. <laughs> Alabama. Chunk, chunk. Yeah. Uh, will, will the 8-track come with a signed dollar bill, too? Yes. That'll be That's a $2 bill. Yeah. $2 bill, yes. Yeah. I don't do know, I still, It'll be a fucking loony from Canada. I still have an A-track. We bought this house on the Muskegon River, and they had an old Ford stereo from a Ford truck wired into the house with speakers running around. It was an A-track, and they left all their A-tracks, Santana and awesome. Hendrix and all that kind of stuff. That cool. Yeah, it yeah. was awesome. I felt so bad. Pulling, we started remodeling and pulled all that I can't out. Believe pulled that I still out. have the A-track player, though, so we might have to. We could mount that in the box. Dude, I'd pop it in I bought him a big box of eight tracks that time. Yeah. Did you save them? Yeah, save I got one? all the eight tracks. <laughs> Steely Dan. Santana. See, we're brainstorming. You got to come to Myron's oh, bar this summer. Yeah. I'm going to have a live and on eight track. Yeah. <laughs> but mostly I'm there for the eight tracks. Right. <laughs> we'll pop it right in the wall because it was it had a switch. You took, remember you turned Dude. the power on? Yeah, now we know what our next project is. So mm -hmm. that's great. Good job. Good, good, job, good work bringing that up. <laughs> Uh, that is what I do. This is why yeah. this is why people tune into Super Cool Radio for the wacky stuff I come up with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's awesome. But thank you guys so much for hanging out with me. Yeah, uh, man. The, play, the plays are uh, available on all digital platforms, so check that out. It's fantastic. No and I'm with laser. I'm with the original lineup of Workhorse, Matt, Jeff, and Jay. And of course I'm Matthew Thomas with Super Cool Radio. Thank you. For watching. Adios. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you, everyone, for watching the very first interview for season two of Super Cool Radio, chatting with Workhorse. And I have a very special treat for all the viewers out there. We're going to play a very short teaser for the latest single, The Blazer. And make sure if you like this video, please support Super Cool Radio. We have these really awesome t shirts on Endeavor After. The link will be in the description. Here is a short teaser of The Blazer by Workhorse.